Good evening, you mob, and welcome back to the Applax podcast. Proudly brought to you by our great sponsors, Toyota Forklifts and also SES Australia. Uh, I'm your host, Matt, from the Toyota Forklift Outlax, and tonight joined by one of the brothers again who's going to co-host with me, Brother Sean from the Game Changers podcast. How are you going, brothers? Good, brother. How are you? How are all the viewers going? Hopefully you're, uh, you're well. Uh, obviously, business end of the season for a lot of competitions, so um, you know, they're obviously coming home or I've had news whether their sides are in semis or whether they're marching on to GFs or whatever in a lot of competitions, so I'll add a wall and hopefully um, you got a smile on your face. 100%, bros. Um, good show there last week. Um, and just want to just want to um, give your give your potty a bit of a plug, bro. Tell us what's happening with uh, with your show for, for this week. Yeah, so this week we got um, Daryl Gordon. So we're going to do episode two of uh, the best that never was series. Um, obviously, Matty Mitchell was episode one. Uh, we're moving on to Daryl Gordon, who. Uh, yeah, same age as me, played in a lot of the rep, junior reps. Uh, he was one of the ones that went through and played, uh, you know, flag and, and reserve grade at the Knights when he was sort of 17, 18, so playing a few years above himself. Um, he was he was the guy on the rise, and then all of a sudden, he, he uh, you know, like he was retired at 18, 19, so um, after having massive reps from, you know, from blokes that obviously played with him, um, and and fellas like Andrew Johns who thought that he should have been the next big thing, and then um, yeah, he was retired at sort of 18, 19, like I said. So we're going to talk to Daz about his journey and and why he wasn't a household name, like I said in the promo uh, for mine. But um, yeah, Daryl Good will be on the show tomorrow night at 6 p.m. Solar Brass should be a good listen. Um... We'll get into a little bit of team news tonight. Just quickly wrap some team news up before we get into our discussion topics. Um, put up on the Facebook here in a few things, and thanks for everyone for sending through the team list that they've got or um, screenshots of the group chats that have people's names in there. It's uh, helped us out a little bit. We won't, we won't go into too much detail about some of the teams, but maybe just some of the big names that are there that we're hearing. Um, and we'll start with Tinga. Um, Earlier on in the year, they uh, they had Brady Best go on a video with uh with brother Owen there, saying Ooh. that Brad Bradman's committed with um, Tinga for the um for the KO. Uh, a few yarns that we we spoke about on the podcast recently that we're hearing that there'll be Jaden Campbell and also uh, Bevan French there. But the yarn I've heard pop up a couple of times in the last week or so that we're hearing the knockout. And NRL legend Preston Campbell will be back to have a run with his young fella. You hearing anything about that one, brothers? Well, I think it's a given. If if Jado is going to go back and play, and Presto always keeps himself in good nick anyway, so <clears throat> if Jaden is going to go back and play with Tinga, I reckon Preston's a shoe in to go back and play as well. So yeah, I don't think that'll be too far from the truth. Solid, brother. That'd be that'd be really good to see the the legend running around. And I don't know what brother OC is doing, whether he's still running around or if he's needs a few weeks to get a bit of fitness in. But it'd be good to see him there too. He's not. He hasn't run around for a few years, Owie. But um, he captain coached a lot of second division clubs and won some competitions after he came back from um the, the top competition. But um, yeah, he's he's in good nick. The big O. I've seen him out and about the last week or so. Um, yeah, and he's still fighting fit, so no doubt he'll be getting itchy feet, and don't be surprised to see him there too. 
Oh, it'll be good. They're, they're um, stacking up a right tinger, and they've they got a good little um, local side out there too, a lot of talent out that way. We'll uh, move along. Been sent some names through for the Maury Boomerangs. So um, I think Toby Keys, uh, legend front row, was going to be captain coach for them. Um, I've been sent through a few names that apparently is going to be there too. You obviously got Mandara Weldon be there. I'm hearing the Tonga brothers, um, CCSE and Willie, may be there making a comeback to the more east sides. I'm hearing Nate Davis might be there. I think he played last year at the Newcastle Emus. Um, Alan McKenzie, uh, Ethan Pegas, and also TJ and Kyle McLean may be there at the Moree Boomerang. So that's that's sound like a pretty strong side coming out of Moree. Yeah, for sure. I don't know the McLean brothers, and uh, no disrespect, brothers. But um, yeah, I sort of haven't followed a lot of footy. I don't, I don't know where they play. Um, but I know a lot of the brothers that you mentioned earlier. And um, yeah, if they're all coming back and they're all fit, more um, EBR to handle as well. Is um, I know uh, um, Ty Ty Munro has got ties out there as well. Um, is he going there or is he with um, the Sydney side? Because I think he's. I think the brother Tomcat's pretty close with his old man Novan, and I think Novan yeah. was saying that Ty's Ty's going to be with SAB. Um, so yeah, sounds yeah. like a pretty pretty strong side. Um, been sent through a few names that are apparently we have Bungalow and Bigels. Um, obviously, over the years they've all, always had uh, like Dane Laurie, you got Ryan Walker, you got Cody Walker. Uh, and just all the, the local Bunjalung lads. Uh, with the news coming the last couple of weeks that Cabo is not going, we're hearing that Brian Kelly is now in that team list. Um, I've also heard Ezekiel and Creel Phillips from Redfern All Blacks is there, and also uh, Remus Smith um, is also there. But the big one I'm hearing too, not not a not an NRL name, but an absolute knockout legend. I'm hearing Rich Roberts uh, is going to be going back to play with Bunjalung this year and won't be there with the Owies. So massive pickup if uh, he runs out Ooh. with Bunjalung. Yeah, because I mean he's one of them players that have been there and stuck solid with the Owies. Obviously, all the time and uh, the Owies get a lot of lot of people that they bring in, but they've always got that you know dozen players that are. A stick solid and, and Rich has been one of those. Um, I think he's you know broken off a couple of times, but only to go back and play at Kempsey. So um, mm-hmm. that'll be massive news for them as well if they can get those players. But obviously with Cabo not in, um, if they're getting the pick of the Cabo crop as well, they're going to be strong. Um, it's just a matter of whether they all all stick together or whether um, some of them want to branch off and do their own thing. We know what it's like if. If you got a lot of strong players there and they're all playing um, similar positions, they all want to be the number one center or half or, you know, like second yep. row or whatever. 100%. A um, little bit of news out of Campbelltown. I spoke to a few people this week. Um, uh, here and they're going to go with a fairly young side this year. They've, they've had a few of the legends that's been playing with those guys for a long time. I'm here and may not be there with Campbelltown this year. So not too sure. Didn't get really too many names. But, um, yeah, they've, they've gone traditionally pretty well in the, the knockout Campbelltown goes. So I think they might have um, played NAB first round last year and got knocked out. So um, good to see Campbelltown run out. Um, I'll tell you what, uh, Matty, if they've got any of them young junior 
junior reps out of West Magpies. Um, they've been mm. really strong the last couple of years. So if any of the uh, Campbelltown Ghost juniors come through that system, um, they'll be strong for a few years to come as well. Obviously, St. Greg's is um, a strong school in the Sydney um, region as well. So if you've got young fellas that are sort of coming out of there and then they've got a strong comp down in that, um, what's that, group six yeah. competition down that way as well. Um, so hopefully um, they are strong because when they're going well, the knockouts are going well as well. So I, I know John Wright has a lot to do with with those guys. So um, if he's at the helm, I'm sure he'll be chasing um, chasing up some players and, and ensuring that they're strong. You know, they they won't want to go there and and sort of get dusted straight up. So they'll be trying to put their best foot forward, no doubt. Hundred uh, percent. Another team we got here, Corey Brothers United. Um, they've been around for a few years. I think brother Corey Pierce runs it. Uh, I've got a bit of info that they they're going to have mainly the um, the Western Sydney boys there that usually play with them. But I'm hearing, uh, and it's been sent through from two different people now, that they could potentially have Wade Graham and Josh Curran there, as well as the um, the Burns brothers that play up in the Q Cup. I think they might play with Ipswich. So, Ipswich. Yeah, yeah. Huge. Those boys were here playing with Cessnock a couple of years ago. Um, played with the likes of AJ Davis, all in the one team. I don't know if Tyron Roberts Davis was there that year as well, but then they went home. I think they had a bit of a bust up, the boys, um, all amongst themselves. And then the Burns boys went back to Ipswich, where they're still playing. I saw those in, in some highlights from just from the weekend gone. So, um, And I know I've been down to the knockouts down in Wollongong for, for a number of years now uh, with Mender River, with the juniors, um, and always see Corey down there. He's always... I've uh, got some sides and I don't know a lot about the brother, but I know he's he's passionate about knockouts and that as well. And he's always got sides in um, men's and the juniors. So um, what a bit of background about him, Matty. Did he play a lot of junior reps, Corey, or? I'm not too sure. I think he's a halfback coming through. And I, th- I know he's um, he played with a few good sides there. I know Corey Brothers United has been around for maybe uh, possibly about five years, something like that. Yeah. Um, Tens a fair few carnivals. I know they've been to the big carnival a few times. I don't. I don't think they've really sort of gone on to sort of you know semi-finals and all that sort of stuff. But um, who knows? Yeah. This could be the year with a few good pickups for his yeah. side. And and if people are hearing that Corey's got a couple of those names, and no doubt a few will follow as well because they'll probably think that um success is going to follow those NRL players. That's it. I've just got a few shout-outs on TikTok. Uh, I think it's Coffs Harbour Raiders or Gumbangi Raiders. Um, <coughs> South Coast United. Thanks for jumping on TikTok, everyone. Um, yeah, that's all the team news I've got this week. Braz, anything you got to share or <coughs> nothing? Uh, I, don't, I don't think um, anything that's out of the ordinary. I think everyone would have heard that Brado Trindle um, is not going to be with Gadurga. I don't know how strong Gadurga are going to be. I know Bakara Bookleys are in. I don't know if Gadurga Magpies will also be in. Um, but they were pretty strong last year. And yeah, Brenton Cochran and all them came back from, from WAC. And um, Will Kennedy was there as well. Um, they gave it a good shake and got through it late on Sunday. But I don't think he's going to be there. I think he's going to be with Burke. I think there's going to be a couple other boys. Um, that are going to try and strengthen the Burke side as well. Um, Kaya Cooper, I'm hearing, is coming coming to Burke from Castle Ray. So I don't know if 
that was public knowledge, but if it is, I'm sure Samba will be on the blower to him not long after this. Um, but that's, that's yeah, a little, little bit of news that I've heard and um, talking to Marky Knight there last week. So he didn't give too much away, cousin Marky, but a couple of names that he mentioned, yeah. Good stuff. Oh, and just, just I'll give done a quick mention. I'm um, seeing on the um, it's like a Corey Knockout Facebook page or something. There was a few few people in there looking for a run and all that sort of thing. And then um, I think one of the lads there posted that oh, why don't we get a team together of all people who can't get a run? So I think talking about a Tomcat there, and I think Tomcat was talking to one of these boys, and I think they they they're going to try and get a side together, and they've got they've got a team there, and I think they've got some nomination money. So I think there's going to be sounding like. Um, and it'd be good to see, I suppose. Um, there's going to be a side in there called the Wildcard Brothers, who, who just um, just sort of raking up to put a side in. So, and yeah. is that going to be um, left open until like the Friday or Saturday or whatever? Yeah, I'm not know, too like sure. Blokes will go there with their boots and that as well, and it'll be no doubt it'll be no different with the juniors and the women's as well. There'll be people rocking up with their boots to like they do every knockout looking for a run. Um, because they've got no ties with the teams that are, are nominated. So, yeah, um, yeah. How, how late will they leave it, I guess, is what I'm asking, brother. Mm, yeah, 100%. So we'll see what happens. You know, it is um, it is pretty late in the piece now, you know, trying to organise things in, in a month or so. But if they can get it done, you know, good on them. And, um, yeah, we'll see if they see if they um, get there. Yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's get into some discussion topics, bros. Uh, post it up on the Facebook there. Um, earlier on in the week, uh, the question was, do you believe an independent board or a gov- governing body should oversee the knockout? We had a little bit of a yarn about it last week, bros, uh, but I'll throw it over to you. What's what's your thoughts? Um, this has obviously been something in discussion for a long, long time around the, around the knockout community. What's your thoughts about it, bro? Well, I was only young when Nala was around, but I, know, I knew a couple, a couple of old fires that were on there. Um, Uncle Joey Weatherall had a lot to do with it. Um, he was um, stalwart out of Barwon and, and still doing lots of stuff with, with Barwon and the journeys they're coming through now, Murawari and all those blokes. But, um, yeah, I, I think it was successful. And like I said, I was only young back in the day. Um, a lot of them old fellas um, are still around the place and you could, you always hear their names coming across the uh, the monitors and that, the microphones around the grounds and that too when protests were coming. So we always knew um, the people on Nala because they'd always, you know, call from um, to, to man protests and all those sorts of things. But I, I think it'll be, um, it's a given. I think it'll take a lot of pressure off the host committee. A host committee can um, just do what they've got to do. Like I mentioned last week, just put people in the, into the positions. They'll have the scaffold for everything. Yeah, they'll have a template for every everything every year, so um, it'll help the host club immensely, I think, because um, yeah, like I said, they'll have all the experience of running knockouts uh, year in year out, and um, they'll be a massive help to the host club who can focus on the footy, um, but also get the personnel into into um, yeah where they need to be. But I mean, it'll take a hell of a lot of pressure off them um, if there's a host. Um, host body there or a governing body there that can sit with them from day dot once they win it, you know. I'd imagine it takes them three, four, five months to get themselves sorted. So if there's a, a, a governing body there, they can just roll straight in and sit straight with the, the committee and get everything moving from day dot. 
That's it, bro. I've done, done a bit of, little, little bit of research and a, bit, a little bit of asking around in the past couple of weeks. So, so what I've done was um, I, I contacted, uh, contacted a few, but um, so I only really got to speak to four. So I contacted, uh, so I got in contact with four different knockout winners over about the last 20 years or, or people who were associated with those sides and just asked them a whole bunch of questions and all that sort of stuff about how they ran the knockout and everything like that. Uh, the general consensus was that uh, the teams won the knockout. They got their um, they got their prize winnings, their 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 uh, their match winnings, and that's it. That's that's the only financial assistance really they got besides when they started having to go and seek sponsorship and ask councils and all that sort of stuff. So, so they got their winnings, and most of the guys said it doesn't go far. You, you get your your fifty grand, sixty grand, whatever it is, but by the time they they give the players a few dollars and you know got to you know uh, put a little back into the club after they've, they've you know, pay for accommodation and all that sort of stuff, it doesn't really go far. So th that's one thing that most of the clubs said that, um, yeah, they really, they, each team had to start completely from scratch, organising from scratch, and it takes completely a whole year to do it. Um, three out of the four teams that I was speaking to said they got like a pretty good handover from the previous club where they sat down with them or over the phone and they, they had some really good discussions about where they got their money from and what they did well, what they could have done better. There was one there that said they got, an absolute bugger all handover and the club didn't really give too much input into what, what's happening the following year. Um, I asked the, the four, the knockout winners, and I, I said I wouldn't say their names or where they're from or anything like that. Um, so I, I said, I said I'd, um, so I asked the four knockout winners, would they support a governing body running the knockout? Two out of the four said yes. They said it would have taken a lot more pressure off them running the knockout. The other two said no, like they were, they were quite comfortable because they run knockouts in other other they run other knockouts and all that sort of stuff mm. um yeah i don't so think a, the smaller knockouts though matty that like they might run smaller knockouts these two of the four bodies um mm. etc but they wouldn't run something of the magnitude of the knockout yeah. which is you know 64 men's teams um i think there's potential for 16 women's and then yep. you got yeah 16 in the 17s 15s and 13s what's that all up 16, 16, 32, 48. Then you get, what did I say, another 16. That's 54, 64 plus the 64 teams in the men's. That's 128 teams. Yeah. At the small knockout, you're not going to get any more than 20. Mm, that's it. You know, that's so the, uh, from my point of view, I think the, the more support you can get, the better. And if you can focus, mm. just continue to focus on the footy side of things and, and running it and, and making sure that the people that are helping out, um, um, you know, I think it's got to be like a native title claim and sort of thing as well. Like everyone that's working needs to be selected by the host committee, you know, because they they want it. They have the right to put whoever they want in these positions, um, yeah. whether it be canine, gate, you know, whatever it is. We all know that there's so many jobs that need to be done at a knockout. I'm... I'm all for um, the host committee paying a fee. I think there should be a fee to the governing body. Um, yep. But, you know, you mentioned before where um, the the host club gets the money, the prize money, but then didn't get anything else. Well, I'm all against that because I feel like nowadays there's a lot of money, like they were saying Dubbo councils and then we're offering a million dollars to get the knockouts out there, you know what I mean? Yeah. So if there's that sort of money in it, then... I think if you go to the lengths of winning a knockout, then you should be able to, um, you know, I guess to eat the fruit of, of, of 
you know, the, the seeds and that you've planted and, and all the hard work you put in as well, because um, if there's that amount of money around the knockouts, then mm. the host need, need to um, benefit from that most because they've done the hard yard to win it, brother. Yeah. I um, 100% agree, bro. Like, I think I think it's absolute crazy that teams start off with zero dollars, really, yeah. for a new, 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 you know, new um, new knockout season. Besides their besides their winnings, yeah. Like, in this day and age, there's there's TV, there's social media, there's the council. Like, surely some of that money should be retained, you know, for the overseeing of the knockout for years to come, rather than just being blown all in one year. Mm. You know, I've never hosted a knockout or anything like that, and don't know the ins and outs of it. But just just looking from the outside in, just just crazy to think you'd be starting from zero dollars, starting from scratch, and then have to go find your your sponsorship and talk with councils and then talk with you know lands council, all that sort of stuff. You know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Whereas I think that's where the governing body could help because they'd already have those contacts, and you know, mm. the week after winning a knockout, they could start you know sorting things out for the for the year after. And I suppose uh, over the years, I've heard so many different scenarios on how a governing body could could run, could oversee, it, could work in in partnership with the host club and all that sort of thing. And um, you know, a few scenarios is you know that they they always keep the the old you know the host the host um, knockout uh, the host of the, the the winner of the knockout sorry gets to host the following year. Um, and all that sort of thing, um, you know, that, that's tradition for the Koori knockout and definitely something should stay. There, there's been yarns I've heard is like, you know, there could be like an over, overseeing body, I suppose, and that could be like um, put into like a like a corporation or something like that, or, you know, like a registered business where the Koori knockout is the business. And, you know, there could be like a, you know, a seven-member board where maybe four of those board members um, are independents, I suppose, from the from the host club and, and they they could have more long-term um long-term uh, membership on the board it could be a two or a three or four year stand and then once the 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 winner of the Corey knockout is announced and they could maybe elect to have two people on on join that board for that year or something like that but only for that year and then maybe they could work together the, the other sort of thing i've heard of is yes there could be like you know the Corey knockout becoming like a a governing body or whatever and they have their their board and they've got their certain things that they deal with but then once the host club uh once the host wins a knockout they could be like a subcommittee or a sub board where they could just you know there'd have to be some some good conversations around this is um dealt with by the host club and this is dealt with by the board that's you know just some clear clear lines of communication of what what each person does in their role and all that sort of thing but yeah i think no doubt there'd be a lot of communities that have got these experience running running boards and being on yeah yeah certain bodies as well you know at high up um so there's a lot of people a lot of our people out there that have got this sort of experience and um and and are very capable so i like the idea when you talked about as well you know if there's three or four of them and then they only stay for a three or four year period then you can bring some young ones through as well give them some experience you know ex- exposure yeah. to, to running something of the magnitude of the knockout um, I like that idea as well. As long as, um, yeah, like there's there's sort of shadow on them, and 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 um, yeah, everyone will be there for the right reasons, no doubt. But as long as um, they come in and and have got the experience to to keep improving it, you know what I mean. You don't want to see it sort of after three or four years of the of the existing members leave, 
um, that it falls by the wayside, you know what I mean? So hopefully um, they get something like that and, and um, yeah, it's successful long-term. But I think I think that's the way to go. But, again, that's going to be up to um, the people because it's the mm. people's knockout, brother. That's it. And I, I hate to, you know, you know, I've done it a fair bit last week, hate to sort of keep comparing the QMC and the Koori knockout, but the QMC up there, they have the same people running it every year and they just get the little things right. They've been doing it for, you know, 10 years or however long the QMC has been going for. They just get the little things right. And going to the QMC, it just feels like absolutely everything's organised, everything's there. Um, the people who's been running it has been running it for a long time and that they, they know what they're doing, you know, um, with, with the with – you know, suppose for the Koori knockout, you know, you might get one club host at this, like, you know, one year and they they done this thing well and this thing well and this thing not so well. And then the following year, the, the, the next club made the same mistakes they could have picked up on if it was, you know, sort of, you know, sort of communicated between. I just want yeah, to... Um, I, th I, think, I think that um, obviously QMC, like you said, been around 10, 12 years or whatever. Knockout has been around 50-odd years as well, so mm. they've modelled a lot of it off, off um, the Corey Knockout. And I want to give the props to the Corey Knockout as well because they're a much bigger competition. Obviously, it's yeah. Knockout, whereas those guys um, up there, I think it's a round-robin sort of competition, yeah. and it's in the same place. So mm. they can manage it all. Um, yeah, they, they know what's happened year, year after year as well, and they know the area. Um, it's, it's very different, you know, it's contrasting really. Um, yeah. But yeah, like the host club takes it wherever they feel. And if it's not the same place as the year before, then um, they've got all those obstacles to, to deal with year after year. Whereas QMC, if it's in the same spot all the time, well, they know what's going to happen, you know, minute by minute, really, hour by hour, you know. That's it. So I think that's that's the difference, my brother. I think you know mm. that's why I think it's it's so hard to manage the crew knockout. But I think if there's a body there, then they can assist with um, yeah the runnings of it all um, and make it as smooth as possible for for the host club um, and the transition as well. You know, year to year. Yeah, hundred percent. Just want to mention a few comments on the post from the from the community. I suppose that when we put the post up, so we had a. Uh, Brother Jace Munro, uh, he's in support of um, the, the the governing body or the independent board um, to assist the host club in running the knockout, in running the knockout, and also to be a pathway and voice to the NRL. Had about three or four people said the same thing. Uh, they said yes, I'd like to see an independent board, but only around for the four-day carnival only, and then whatever. Uh, and then had a same thing about three or four people and they had a few um, likes on their comment is like, nah, keep it as it is, don't need to change it. So yeah. a lot of mixed, uh, lot of mixed uh, opinions out there. And everyone yeah, has the right to it because it's, it is everyone's knockout, it's the people's knockout. So ultimately it's up to the delegates and, and the host club. Um, so if you've got an opinion and you think that um, it can improve in some way, I'm sure that the delegates and the host club will listen. 100%. Anything else on that topic, Brad, before we move along to the next one? Nah, all good. All right, let's move along to the second one. And, um, yeah, you got a little bit of a uh, uh, fair bit of um, comments on this one too. Does the Koori knockout need to look at a, a, a more formal player registration process? Um, I'm pretty sure at the moment, uh, or last time I went to the knockout, which is 2019, 
you walk up to the field before the game, you sign your name on a bit of paper, scribble your signature and walk on. <laughs> Do we need to look at a more formal registration process? Uh, yeah, but it's tradition as well, isn't it? Like, <laughs> how many times do people look around for who they thought they had and they saw them 20 minutes ago and then all of a sudden, you know, they're dodging them and, yeah, so I think it'll be it'll be good for that. And what I put in in the comments there a couple of days ago is, I think it'll be beneficial. But um, I th I think if it's going to be the the length of time prior to to the draw or um, yeah the the Saturday morning, because a couple of things I guess if you get if you get nominations that come in and then you got injuries and you're only allowed to nominate 25 players, then what happens, you know what I mean? Like, is that you got to go in with 21, 22 players? Um, do, do they nominate 30, 32 players? And then if players were, you know, for instance, in, in the second side or in, in a weaker side, um, they can then come back to the strongest stronger side. And I'm not talking about if it's now on one, now on two. I'm talking about if... They were playing with um, Narwin, and then because that Narwin was strong, um, they got a gig with Tamworth or someone like that, who probably was, wouldn't be as strong at this early stage in, in their tenure as well. Um, would they then be allowed to come off, um, you know, that registration sheet and play with the, the stronger side that have got some injuries? So I think it'll be good and it'll be more professional in that way, Matty. But how do you govern it and yeah, how long out do um, do you put the deadline? Yeah, that's it. And I said I said on the uh, on, on the post, um, we was doing some union knockouts there for a while. And with all the union knockouts and the sevens and tens carnivals, they they run all through their rugby explorer app, which is like the my league equivalent. And I suppose I suppose like what they do is um, once there's a, an event created then they put the teams in that and each team has a like a management app just just like you would you know just for your local a grade team like and then then what would happen i suppose i suppose what happens in the union one is you know players then do their registration it takes literally two seconds um to a certain team and then you know the um that team then accepts that registration and puts them in the one to 25 whatever it, whatever it is so um, that's what the union does. It there is some, you know, faults and all that sort of stuff with the with the app. But I suppose, yeah, you know, it it, it is tough. Last minute running around, you don't sometimes, you know, you don't you don't be mucking around with an app. It, it is very easy just to scribble someone's name on the on the sheet and yeah. run on, you know. Yeah, for sure. I think um, even like working at schools, you get excursion lists and different things like that where you can mark it when you're out and about <coughs> yeah. electronically. So. Something like that, I think it'd be ideal as well if it's if it's electronically and um, there's an app that yeah you can have all the all the names in there. You put them in on the Friday night or whatever, and you just click um, click them on the day sort of thing, and maybe get a a pen where they can just um, yeah sign it manually, um, touch screen sort of thing. I'm surely there's something that they can do in this day and age. There's some clever fellas out there with this technology and that's so, yeah. Rather than the paper sheets, you know, like otherwise you're going to have to take a photocopier. Everyone get there, at, you know, seven o'clock on a Saturday and photocopy, you know, seven or eight team sheets, um, just so you don't have to keep mucking around with it or, mm. or type them up or whatever, you know. I don't know. I don't know. I guess you can type them up the night before, but people jump ship 
morning of. That's it. And what I want to shout, want to shout out a little uh, comment, brother Gub Wood said on the um on the post. He said, "100 <laughs> percent support it." I seen boys go to the big knockout and play for three different teams in the one day. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, we've seen that. There's brother Gub from out out at Gadooga there, and we've we've yeah. seen all that sort of stuff, you know. So uh, where where the brothers will play with you know their father's last name, and then they'll go and play under their mother's last name, and yeah, when they get knocked out with one side, they'll go and play with another. Yeah, so the, there are brothers that would have done that plenty of times. Yeah, hundred um, <laughs> percent. Uh, yeah, uh, the other, would have been, the other thing would have been teams too. kicked out too, Matty. Would have been teams kicked out over the years for yeah for playing fellas that you know twice or whatever that probably wouldn't even known that they played earlier. Um, yeah, that's it. The other <laughs> thing I've seen too is like um, suspended players too um, go to the knockout and because they're not massive names that people know or they might just local reserve graders that they'll just go and sign the sheet under john doe and sign the name and run on the field you know <clears> no one knows them and they, they can i suppose get away with it you know we all know what's happening with the suspensions and all that sort of stuff at the moment so that's, yeah. another, that's another massive topic isn't it the suspensions mm. yeah might be next week's next week's yeah, uh, get into that one well get a few comments around that one yeah 100 percent um just a few other comments there guy Patton said that the registration um process needs a full overhaul and brother scotty hodge said uh if we move to like a more formal process that would mean handing full control over to new south wales rugby league so again a few mixed comments and all that sort of stuff but um yeah we'll sort of wait and see i think you might, i don't know what nab is doing this year but if it's sort of the same it might be I'm a bit too too late now to, to put anything in place, but you know it's good just good for a yarn, you know, just to maybe something to look at in the future because you know you'd hate to be a team that played later in the you know maybe later on the um Saturday and you know you, you find out after you've been knocked out that five of the boys that played in the team you disverse played earlier on in the day got knocked out. You know you'd be filthy if something like that happened. You know, so yeah, you've got to make a difference for all teams. <clears throat> yeah, I, th I think um, yeah, it, it, it'll strengthen it, I guess, professionalism-wise. So I think I think the more of that sort of stuff, the better as well. Like I, like I said, there's in this day and age, technology. Um, there'll be someone that can can tighten the screws on that, um, mm. no doubt. I mean, everyone is registered as well, and not not everyone is registered that goes and plays in the knockouts. I know. They've talked about that um, in years gone by as well, that if you're not playing throughout the year, you can't play well. It's the people's knockout, so anyone can can should be able to play. Um, yeah. So that's that's another one as well. But, I mean, uh, uh, what I was going to say with that is we've got that Play NRL or the My League app and all those sorts of things where everyone's registration is on there, their photo is on there, you know, like I don't know how... You can govern it, govern it that way as well. I've heard stories that you can go on there and change your photo as well. So I suppose that there's a few cracks in in that sort of system um, also. But just thinking of ways that yeah, you, you could make it more professional and and move it electronically. So all yeah. the information's um, there, and you only need a phone to to sort of have it all up in front of um, whoever is officiating i suppose that's it bro um we'll move along to shout outs you got any shout outs this week bro anyone you want to say hello to uh, uh last week i was going to mention uh and 
I spoke about the Dut, um, Dut Swan from out at Moree. Um, and I was going to mention his old man side and forgot all about it. So I said to him that I would um, get a shout out to to his old dad who, who he lost this year as well. So there's a couple of sides in for Godfrey Swan Memorial, uh, obviously men's, but I think, well, I know there's definitely um, some in the 17s and 15s, but all the best to um, to Dut and, and the family there as well. Uh, put the memorial side in for their old man and, and he was a legend up there in, in uh, Boomerang Territory. Um, shout out also to another young boomerang, uh, Lily Porter. Lily Porter is uh, part of the Northern Under-16 uh, girls' sides that down at uh, Wollongong this week. So they're competing for the New South Wales CHS. So combined high schools, New South Wales uh, Under-16s team this, this week down in Wollongong. So all the best to Lily Porter and um, Essence Arlo, uh, another girl that is out at Hunter Sports and, and all, all the other girls from, you know, not just Northern, but all regions. All the best to you guys uh, down in Wollongong and give it your best shot. Um, and just Gub Wood said something in there, but um, he just reminded me to, to have a shout out, give a shout out to the Barwon Darling Comp as well. Obviously, semi final today. Burke uh, travel across the Collie, and uh, I think they got the chocolates late, so Burke will be taken on Garuga in Garuga. So it's a replay of last year's grand final. Uh, Garuga went to Burke last year and won it on the bell, so uh, Burke will have to go to Garuga and do the same thing this year. So shout out to all the mob out there, and um, I'm sure it'll be a, a, a massive day in Garuga next weekend. Um, and then the other shout out, obviously, we've got um, a 17 side brother, uh, Newcastle Dolphins. Um, and if anyone is uh, wanting a sponsor and get some coverage um, for their business, we've got a couple of short sponsors left. Um, so 500 bucks if any of sponsors are out there. Um, there's a couple of spots left for any sponsorship. It'll only cost you 500. Good stuff, bro. Uh, just a couple of shout outs for me. Uh, I try to shout out the wife every week, otherwise I'll get a back end <laughs> or something when I go back in. <laughs> Uh, just a quick shout out to the Riverston Ruse side. Um, so they're putting a side in the men's KO this year and they may be doing juniors or whatever, but definitely in the men's. But uh, they just said they're just a um, bunch of young lads from Mount Druitt just, just giving it a go. And um, I think it's the first Riverston side there that they've um, ever put in. So good luck to the lads and hopefully they can uh, can go well in the carnival. Uh, again, thanks everyone for sending in all the team news and um, all the shout outs and all that sort of thing, really appreciate it. Um, we're, we're live on TikTok. We go across to Facebook, Spotify, and YouTube. So make sure you jump on the uh, the platforms. Uh, next week, we'll have uh, two new discussion topics. Probably Brother Sean's picked up one there, which, which will be a good one, which will be about the uh, suspended players. That'll probably be one of them, and we'll, we'll come up with another one there. But if you guys got any topics you'd love us to yarn about, it, let, let us know. And um, yeah, we, we'll, um, we'll we'll have, a, have another yarn about it next weekend. Brother Sean, thanks for jumping on. Um, where, where can thanks we find your um, your podcast and that sort of thing? Yeah, so um, obviously on uh, the socials, YouTube, uh, our channel, we, we'll restream. We go live on YouTube. We'll get back live as well on Insta this week. So we've got a page there and obviously uh, Facebook, so Game Changers uh, podcast. And then also uh, if, if anyone wants us to come out and have a yarn or you've got an event coming up, um, we're happy to come out um, and do some stuff with you guys as well. Game Changers Podcast at yahoo.com. 
Um, and again, any of the sponsors, um, just message us on those pages or send through an email at gamechangerspodcast at yahoo.com. Solid. Good stuff, bro. Uh, thanks, everyone, for tuning in, and we'll catch up with you next week. Cheers.